You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Here with former All-Star David Cohn. And David, when you think about the All-Star game and your experiences there, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I think the first thing that comes to my mind is when you first walk into the clubhouse and you're around the best players in the game and how overwhelming that can be. For me, it was seeing Cal Ripken and Kirby Puckett and guys like that. Uh, you know, and you can't believe that you're in the same room with them. Especially the first experience, the first All-Star game you make, that it can be really overwhelming. Um, and you just, it's, it's, an, uh, it's an electric feeling that you're, you're part of an elite group and uh, you get to go out on the field and watch batting practice and hang out with you know, guys that are most, for the most part, strangers and, you know, your adversaries. But for one day, you all can kind of let your guard down and get to know each other a little bit. And it really is a unique situation. You were able to represent both the NL and the AL. Uh, in your mind, what was the difference between the two sides? Was there one? There used to be a big one. Uh, even back to the 80s, the first All-Star game I made in 1988, there still was a, a definite uh, pride factor between the National League and the American League. And the National League had had a long history of dominance. Uh, back to Pete Rose, some of uh, his antics uh, knocking over Ray Fossey at home plate and a home, home plate collision. So there was a real uh, pride factor, and there were speeches given before the game by representatives from the league uh, just about that issue, about, hey, we we need to continue to prove that the, the National League's better than the American League. Now, obviously, you're not in the clubhouses now, but do you feel like that's still there, or is that kind of faded away? I think it's faded away to a certain, certain degree, although I'm sure there's still a little bit of a pride factor going on. Uh, there's still a bit, still a little bit of uh, competitiveness, competitiveness of uh, American and National League styles of play, DH, no DH, who has, who has the tougher league, where is it tougher to pitch or hit. So I'm sure there's still a little bit of that going on, but nowhere near the level it was back in the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. If you think back to the first one in 1988 that you went to in Cincinnati, was there a guy you were really looking forward to meeting or a conversation you were able to have that really sticks out? Uh, yeah, you know, for me it was uh, – it was there was a little bit of satisfaction in that I was traded from the Royals to the Mets, and, and almost a, a little over a year later, I'd made the All-Star team. So I couldn't wait to go shake George Brett's hand. And anybody on the Royals, and you know, it was a little bit of a peacock effect where you stick your chest out and you're like, "Hey, shouldn't have traded me," you know. And there's always that pride, pride part. But you know, I was a big George Brett fan growing up. I got a chance to be his teammate. And I, kind of wanted to shake his hand and see what he had to say. Yeah. Uh, the All-Star Games I've been to, there's a lot of autograph swapping that goes around, collectibles, souvenirs. Was there anything that you still have from your All-Star Games or, or, or brought home? Yeah, you know, every year they, there's always a gift. Uh, you know, from, from that 88 game, they gave us a chair. It was sort of like a director's chair. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was... Uh, you know, it had the insignia on it, so it, it's something that, that goes good in your office somewhere, in a basement, in a, in a man cave somewhere. So I just remember that director's chair and going, "Wow, okay, I get to keep this." But there were no autographs that you wanted to seek out. Were you, were you that yeah, kind of guy? I wasn't a huge autograph collector, but certainly I got a few along the way of my favorites. Uh, you know, uh, there was uh, in 1988 there were. 
three of us that used to be Royals that made that team. Uh, Mark Gubazal was a former roommate of mine. He made the team as a Royal. And Danny Jackson was a former teammate of mine, a lefty pitcher with Cincinnati, former Royal. And he made that team. And then I made the team as a Met. So we all three got together and signed some stuff and took a picture together. And former Royals. And, we, you know, and, and there's always, you know, whenever you get traded, there's always that, hey, I'll show you. You, know, yeah. and you shouldn't have traded me. What about the two years that you went with the Yankees? Joe Torre, you were defending world champions. Yes. Joe Torre's manager. You've got a lot of your teammates there. What was it like? To, did you guys kind of feel like you ran the show those years for the AL? Uh, it felt really good because, uh, you know, in 97, we were coming off of the 96 World Series, and it was a lot of pride. Uh, and, uh, Joe Torre was the manager, so you, you certainly felt a little different level of uh, excitement because uh, you were representing you know as a Yankee and as the defending world champs and then having all your teammates there were you guys kind of the leaders in the clubhouse so to speak de there's definitely a comfort level when you when you have uh, you know three four five different teammates that are all there together uh, definitely you get together and take a picture separately from the team you know the Yankee all-stars uh, you know it, it feels good without a doubt uh, and there's safety in numbers yeah. so you, you feel like hey my comrades are with me when you look at the all-star game the way it is now the changes they've made obviously home field advantage it counts uh, what do you think when you look at that does, does it add to it does it take away from it what's your opinion uh, you know I think that originally that was a concession uh, to the networks to Fox because they really wanted to spruce up the all-star game and make it uh, meaningful try to create more interest so I think it was a reflection of more of a cooperative effort between the Players Association and Major League Baseball and of course the broadcast partners uh, you know that kind of spearheaded you know less acrimony and, and more cooperative efforts between the two and that's probably why we've had labor peace for so long is because there's been more of a willingness to do those sorts of things uh, even though there was some you know, there was some uh, apprehension on the player side as to, uh, hey, wait a minute, uh, this is this is home field advantage in the postseason. Is this really the right thing to do? But you know, we conceded at that particular time because we wanted to uh, to be more of a of, of a good partner and uh, create create uh, you know a good atmosphere uh, between you know labor and management. Is there a change you'd make now? Then do you think that's kind of run its course? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I'm a little out of the loop now. I'd probably like to talk to the decision makers that are involved and see, you know, exactly uh, you know, what the impact has been now that we have a, a significant body of work to look at since they've implemented that rule and look at, you know, how much it really means. I know uh, on one sen in one sense, you know, the players need to take it seriously. The managers need to manage the game a little differently uh, as opposed to it was clearly an exhibition game in the past and that everybody wanted to get a chance to play and managers were more concerned with making sure everybody had a legitimate shot to get in the game, whereas now it's number one priority is try to win the game. All right. I'll finish with this. Um, you were in five of them, or you attended five of them. Is there a moment that sticks out for you on the field? Uh, yes, in 99, obviously, uh, Fenway Park, what a great atmosphere. And being on the field when Ted Williams was wheeled out into the wheelchair and being that close to him, being able to hear his voice, hear what he had to say, to be almost right next to him when he asked Mark McGuire if he smelled burnt wood when he fouled a pitch straight back. And uh, we all were just blown away by Ted Williams and how current he was, how much of a fan of the game he was, how he knew everybody's names, how he watched the game. 
when I got a chance to talk to Ted Williams in the clubhouse, he's like, yeah, I've seen you pitch. You throw this and that and this, and he was, he just blew me away as to how current he was and how much he knew about how I pitched. Great story. Thank you, you David Cohn, for your time. I'm Brian Hoke, and you're listening to MLB.com Podcast. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.